hard to imagine, but I can remember doing that, going to children's church on Sunday morning. <clears throat> so um, it's been, that's been around a long time. So Today we're looking at created in Christ, and it's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 through 10, and we're going to read it in the Message Bible and then also in the King James. And um, it's one of my, it's one of my f- favorites, it's one of my scriptures that I like to think about and just ponder over, and, and today, if, uh, if you have notes or want to take notes, uh, or listen to this later, uh, pick it apart on, on the uh, internet, uh, please do so, because it's, it's, a very important, it's a very important aspect of our life, what's involved in these verses, and um, I pray that God will help us as we you know, put this out. It was difficult to put this together, because my eyes, um, I've had a lot of film over them and things, and uh, uh, I couldn't read. So uh, it was hard to read and hard to put this all together. So if I get lost, it's, I'll blame it on my eyes, okay? So that's a good excuse. But uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. And this is in the Message Bible, and then we'll read it in the King James. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in the world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither made our, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. So in the, in the King James, it reads this way, and we're probably more familiar with this. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So as we think about our relationship with Christ, and we think about what we are to be doing. Now, we are, uh, we are, we are, we predominantly and publicly and enforce over and over again, by grace you save through faith, okay? We come, it's our confession in Jesus Christ that brings about our forgiveness, okay? It is our confession of faith, our confession that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that he is the Trinity, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, come to be with us. And I, I was visiting a, a lady this week, and she was telling me that she has this individual from, well, she's the, the Jehovah Witness that comes and to her. She's constantly calling her, and, and the person I was speaking with, um, she was, she's a, a Christian, but she doesn't have a lot of biblical background. And she says, well, what are they, why are they so different? And I said, well, they don't believe in Jesus as being, the, being God, you know? God created, it's like God created someone else to go and die for us. You know, that Jesus is a created being. And that's error. That's, 
hypocrisy. The Christian faith, Catholic, Protestant, and any Protestant denomination, you know, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, Assemblies of God, you know, any one of the Protestant denominations and Catholic denominations, all of us hold the Christian principle is God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, triune God, three distinct yet one. Now, we may not be able to break it up and put it into three categories and say this is it, but it's, that's, that is it. That is what is portrayed in the, in the New Testament. That's what's portrayed in the Old Testament. Even, even, the, even the, the Jewish faith is a triune. It you know, brings about, let us make God, let us make man in our own image. So there is the pluralism of God throughout the scriptures. And the Jewish faith, the Hebrew faith, and all Christian faiths adhere to that. So we recognize that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Now, we can't make us, and we'll see in, this, in these scriptures that we look at here, how, what did we have to do with our birth? You know? you know, we had nothing to do with our birth. We, weren't, we, didn't, we didn't make it, we were made. <laughs> well, God, the same creation happens with us in our salvation, that we are made by God. We are created by God, a new creation in Christ Jesus that we are, all things pass away. Our sins and our failures of our past are gone. So when we think of how that God is at work in our life, it is, it is a work in progress, but it isn't something we are making. It is something God is working through us. So, it's something God is working through us. If we come to the end of life, when we come to the end of life, and it's time for us to enter into eternity, and the only thing that's going to take us over there is the blood of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. That's it. We show up at eternity. You know, when you show up dead, <laughs> yeah, you like that one? When you wake up dead and stand before God, you're going to be standing there before God, and the only thing that's going to matter at that moment is, are your sins forgiven? That's it. What about all the things? It doesn't matter what you've done with your life. It matters, is Christ your Savior? So when you wake up dead and stand before God and Jesus Christ isn't your Savior, he doesn't know you. Then what happens? <laughs> Go to hell. That's it. But when he does know us, what happens? Heaven is our home. Now, if we can't get into heaven without the blood of Jesus Christ, how do we think we're going to live for Christ here without Christ? You can't be a, create, you can't be a Christian without Christ. We can't live the Christian life without Christ. We cannot be a Christian without Christ. We cannot uh, live the Christian life without Christ. We, need, we are dependent upon Jesus because he is the one who is creating. He created us. And not only did he create us, he created a purpose for us. You and I are living out the purpose God created for us. So we're here trying to live out our life so that we can fulfill some destiny that we think we should be doing. And in reality, we should be allowing God to speak to our heart to do the work that we are doing here and now. I'm not saying you have to quit what you're doing and go sit in the corner and wait till God tell you. More than likely, God has you where you're supposed to be right now. And that he's waiting for you to be dependent upon him to flow through you where you're at. 
You allow that to happen, then we start working on if there should be a move in mind, you know, if there should be something else. Because, you know, in, in, uh, in the pastorate, uh, you know, pastors move. Uh, you don't know that too much here because I've been, you've been here, I've been here, you've been stuck with me or whatever. You've been, you've been so gracious to us and, um, and uh, allowed us to be here all these years. And so, but a lot of times, people feel that it's time for them to move on. But we've never felt that. Now, we've had inklings of it at times many years ago, but it never worked out. And it was like, this is where we're supposed to be, and this is what we're supposed to do, and this is what God wants to do through us. It's to you, to each of you. And you have that same responsibility backwards, as not backwards to me, but to, to God and to your work of service for him. So we are responsible to do that. So we are created in Christ. We are created in Christ. Well, verse 7 says, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. What is the design and what is the aim of God in producing and affecting the change that needs to be in our life. Why does God want to produce a change in your life? Okay? In the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness. God wants to show you off. (laughs) He wants to show you off. This right here, is a prime example of my grace and kindness. That's it. You, me. That God wants to show us off as like, this is what it looks like for a person who allows my grace and kindness to be with them. Now, when I was putting this together, I thought of the nation of Israel. We look at the nation of Israel. Why is it that that, uh, Israel... We see them, and we know from the very beginning, we as Christians, we are deeply tied and solely tied to the Jewish faith. We, we, you know, we come right out of Judaism. When Abraham was called by God to come for and, and leave Er of the Chaldees and go, and God would provide him, make of him a great, or make of him a nation, and you know, he would have a nation from through him, the world would be blessed. Israel is one nation God has chosen to show to all humankind. This is my people. And no matter how far away they get, no matter what happens to them, I am going to see them through every difficulty, every trial, every situation, and when it's all over, I'm going to point out to the entire world of humankind, these are my people. That's the nation of Israel. And we look at all the trials and all the conflicts and all the wars and everything's going over on in Jerusalem and in the areas. God is going to bring them through. Whether mankind, the United States, or anybody else intervenes on their behalf, God is going to bring Israel through. They will not fail. They will not be conquered. Because they're gods. Now, he created them for that purpose to look and say, here, here they are. They're mine. No matter what happens, they're still mine. They may turn their back on me. They're still mine. 
They may walk away from me. They're still mine. You see, in our lives, God has created you for a purpose. No matter what trials you face, no matter what difficulties you face, God has created you for a purpose, for his grace and for his mercy. And when life is over, he's going to say, these are mine. (laughs) And we're going to say, well, what about the trials? What about the things, times we felt? We're not looking at that. I called you. I created you. I put my spirit upon you. I created a life for you to live. And you may thought you were living it on your own and doing what your, your will is, but in ultimately you were doing my purpose. That's why we, as God's children, have to look through the eyes of the Scripture at our life. We have to look through the eyes of Scripture at our life. And, you know... Uh, I, I remember years ago, I remember the illustration that I, I used was, if you are sending, if you're a radio station, okay, if you're a radio station sending out a signal, and the people you're talking to are receivers, and they're playing something back to you, are you both on the same station? <laughs> uh, you know? Or is what they're playing back to me what I'm, se- what I'm sending out? And if it's not, I need to check my signal, not smash their receiver. (laughs) You know? Come up here. Let me smash your receiver a little bit, you know? I'll fix it. Well, you know, the beatings will continue until the attitude changes. (laughs) God is going to beat you until you no longer want your own way. No. God will lead us. God will guide us, and God wants us to see ourselves through his word and through, his, through what he wants to teach us. In this verse, I haven't even got to the introduction yet, and I'm sick. And so, <laughs> but this is, this is such an important aspect. I'm sick. I don't, I'm, I don't believe that, Lord. I'm getting better. Okay, thank you. I'm getting better. God, you, I, you prayed for me. I'm getting better. I'm on my way to recovery. So it's... The, in the ages to come, God's going to show us off. Now, not only, when is the ages to come? That's tomorrow. And it's the next day, and it's the next year, and the next year, until we stand before God. And when we stand before God, here they are. These are the people. These are they which came out of. These are the ones who came from, you know, in the book of Revelation, it says, these are they which came out of the great tribulation. These are they that came through life. In all of its ups and downs, and all of its trials and difficulties, these are the ones that my grace and mercy brought them through, led them each step of the way. Well, how did, I didn't think you were leading me whenever, you know, footprints in the sand, as one put, the one set of footprints, well, that's when I carried you. You thought you were on your own. No, you're not there on your own. I've been with you. The only time we're on our own is whenever we try to push him out of the picture. But then the fact is that the New Testament message embraces a great deal more than the offer of pardon. <coughs> Can I get a drink here? Give me a drink. <coughs> that the, the message that, G, that the New Testament message embraces more than just being saved from our sins. The message is one of being forgiven, pardon. But it is also a message of repentance. I'm pardoned because I repent. A message of atonement, that I am at one with God. It is a message of temperance, of righteousness, 
of godliness that it has had an effect upon me, creating me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. It tells us that we must accept the Savior, that we must allow his spirit to abide in our life and deny ungodliness. And so we observe the goodness of God is converting and saving sinners. And it is an encouragement to others to hope in his grace and his mercy. You see, God has a way of creating hope through his grace and his mercy and how he's changed us. And I have this card. It's from um, Teen Challenge, and it has a picture of two individuals on it. And this is their story. My name is Jerry, and I'm 43 years old from Reading, Pennsylvania. Growing up, I spent most of my time in church or in school. I really didn't have a social life. I was allowed outside to play one hour on the weekends. At the age of 18, I left my parents' home. The experience of being, as I called it, free, came with a lot of curiosity and temptations. I began to experiment with drugs and alcohol, which quickly became the norm in my life. And at the age of 28, I got married and had a child while my addictions grew. Everything I gained, I lost because of my choices to continue in a lifestyle that, thought, that I thought I could never change. I entered Teen Challenge in 2000 for the first time, and after a couple of days, I thought I had everything under control, so I left. I continued that for five cycles. I returned in 2012 and went on to finish the program, graduating in December of 2013. It's not because of anything I did, but God saw fit to save me and allow, and he allowed me to go in and out. Now I am staying on for at least six more months in the graduate program to allow God to continue his work in me. You see, by grace are we saved. It isn't anything we have done. It is what God has done. God has, God, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift. Faith. I like this one. Faith the noun. Teachers. Noun, <laughs> faith, faithfulness, reliability, promise, pledge, proof, trust, confidence. That's what faith is. Faith is faithfulness, reliability, promise, pledge, proof, trust, and confidence. In addition, it can be used of an act of believing the content of which it believes. Believing the content of which it believes. Okay? Verb of faith is trust, giving credence to, be convinced that, entrusted, and have confidence. So faith is the substance. So whenever we're talking about faith, we're talking about both of these. It's the, it's the double, it's the double, it's the same coin that has two sides. So when we have faith, we have confidence, trust, and proof. We have, we have, we are convinced, we are entrusting, and we have confidence in. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. If we would take the scriptures right here and we would recite the scriptures of faith and belief, everything that goes with it, what would we build? What would we make? 
So if we were, if I were, if you and I were to sit down and all of us were to sit down and go through the scriptures and we would start putting together faith, we would start putting together belief, we'd start putting together trust in the scriptures, all the scriptures that trust us and the, and the personality of that, of that um, faith and the personality of that hope and grace and mercy, we put it all together, what would we have? We would have Jesus. We would have Jesus. The Word made flesh dwelt among us. So when we have faith, we're not just pulling an abstract thought out of the book or out of the air. We are sitting down with Jesus. Jesus is sitting down with us. And he is saying to us, David, all things work together for good. So when I quote that scripture, I'm allowing Jesus, who is right here with each of us, abiding within our heart, to speak that to us. And so at the end of life, whenever we come and stand before God, you see, it should be no different when we stand before Jesus at the end of life, it should be no different there than it is here. Jesus is standing here with us. And I am standing before God. I am standing before his word. And his word is spoken to my heart by his spirit, which is Jesus standing here speaking his truths into my life. I'm not pulling abstract thoughts. I'm pulling and depending upon a reality of a person, of God, who inspired people to write. And so when I put these truths together and I begin to put them and mold them into into the personality of love and of grace and of mercy and of of preparation of all knowledge of all things to come and things that were and all things that will come and I begin to put all that together, I have Jesus standing here with me. And when I quote these scriptures, I have Jesus speaking to my heart. He speaks to me. I remember years ago, a preacher up the, up the road a ways, and um, he came from a very liberal background. And he said he used to laugh. He says that in, in school, we used to laugh at that, that verse, those, that song that some people see, read, or some people sing, and he walks with me and he talks with me. What a joke. And he laughed. He said, that is such a, a, such a far-fetched idea that God walks with us. And I just kind of looked at him and said, I believe that. (laughs) It isn't a far-fetched idea. It's a relationship that we have. And the more we know of the scriptures, the more we know of how God would speak to us. The more we see of how the realities of God's word come together, the more we have of the reality of God walking with us and speaking to us because the same Jesus that is walking with us here that we know is the same Jesus that we're going to stand with at the end of time whenever we wake up dead and it's going to be the same Jesus. It's like walking into death and knowing I've been here with him before. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. It's God. And he's been with me every step of the way. And this this verse goes on. 
For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. You can't save yourself. It's not of works. Because if we could work our way into it, we would be, we boast about it, you know? Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. For we are his workmanship. You know, and you look at somebody and say, boy, you know, you remind me of Jesus. Turn to somebody and say that. You know what? You remind me of Jesus. Hey, hey, you remind me of Jesus. Why would, they, why would anybody say that? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, that what we do, we are created unto good works. We're created to do the things that God would do if he were standing here. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It means that God has created us for a purpose. We were created for a divine purpose and he created the work that we are to do. But we have a responsibility. We are designed to walk a path that God has created for us. So therefore, whatever happens on this path is quite within the realm of God's will. And so while we are in this will of God, we are praying for his divine help, wisdom, guidance, assistance, healing, whatever, we pray for it, that he might bestow that upon us for what reason? That we can continue this work that we are to be called into, that he has prepared for us to do. Our... God hath before ordained, that is, decreed and appointed, or the words may be read, to which God hath before prepared us, that is, by blessing us with the knowledge of his will. God has prepared us by giving us a knowledge of his will, that this is the way, walk ye in it. And the more we are accustomed to this walking with God, the more we are accustomed to this, this presence of God and the word of God being spoken to us, the, the less likely we are knocked off course because we're not driven by winds and waves by fickled fingers of fate. <laughs> we're not, we're in a, that's, that's an old one, fickled fingers of fate. Anybody remember that one? Laughing, yeah, that's it. The fickled finger of fate award goes to... Uh, we're not driven by the fickled finger of fate. Put that up there for my title of the sermon. The fickled finger of fate. <laughs> you don't know how to sing it. Okay. <laughs> so by blessing us with the knowledge of his will and with the assistance of the Holy Spirit by producing such a change in us. He is blessing us with the knowledge of his word, the knowledge of his will. God has called us and knew, he knew you would be here. Before the world was ever created, he knew you and I'd be right here sitting, standing at this very moment. He has a will for us to follow. He has a purpose for us to follow. And we need to be sensitive in our hearts and in our minds that God is speaking to us speaking to us because he has created us for a purpose. 
And it isn't necessarily we're going to jump on a boat and go to Africa or on a plane. It may be that we're going to stay right where we're at doing exactly what we're doing, but recognizing the hand of God, the breath of God, breathing through our mouth, giving his word, touching people with our hands, doing exactly what we're doing. We, We complete this task, and then we'll see about doing something else. <laughs> because the will of God is not someplace else. The will, of bego- the will of God begins where we are at. So Christians are saved. Christians are saved by God's grace. Faith is the only means by which grace is received. I've got to have faith. No, if I open the door, I'm expecting to go out or come in. My faith is opening the door to allow God to touch my life. My faith does not motivate God to come into my life. My faith opens the door that God who wants to come in is knocking at our heart's door, knocking at our lives, and wants to come in to fill us with his spirit, to fill us with his love, renew a right spirit, create a clean heart, give us the right ideas and right thoughts and right suggestions, and God wants that to happen. Well, I've got to have enough faith. No, I have to open the door. Faith is opening the door to allow God to do whatever he wants. Because faith is infinitesimal. If I have faith as a grain of mustard seed... I have an expectation enough to open the door. (laughs) To allow God into my life. God's new creation. We are his workmanship. People do not contribute to their rebirth any more than they did to their natural birth. We don't contribute one iota to it, being saved. Our contribution is opening the door. And God did the rest. The emphasis on the activity of God. We are his workmanship. We are the result of his activity. We are the result of his activity. God wants to do a new work in you. So we are the result of his activity. God is at work. Salvation and a new life are God's work. And human beings, we are recipients, not the ones causing it. We do not cause God to do something. We are recipients recipients of God's doing. We allow him. God, I surrender. I give up myself. I give up my will, my life, my all to you. I surrender all. We are recipients. We are not creating it. And what God does is he comes in and he takes our abilities and our words and our thoughts, our minds, and our, everything that we have, and it's transformed into something that God will use for his honor and glory. Because he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Joys we share as we tarry there none other have ever known. (laughs) We're together in this. So when I wake up dead, standing before eternity, and he walks with me, I know him, he he knows me, we're safe. We're safe here and now. And it's not what I'm doing, it's what I'm allowing God to do in me. (sighs) 
The New Testament assures that God's act in Christ is parallel to creation itself. God's act in you and I is parallel to creation itself. God formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into him, made him a living soul. He came to life. That same parallel comes right over to you and I. God breathes into us. This new creation, like everything else, takes place in Christ. It's not in me, it's in Christ this happens. The new creation is based on Christ's resurrection. The creation of life in the midst of death. From nothing. See, how can we believe in creation? Because we believe that he created us. And the same life-giving spirit that breathed into Adam is the same life-giving spirit that breathed into us and we are made a living soul and that we will live with him forever. Amen? Now God has us where he wants us, verse 7, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. God has all the time in this world and the next to shower us with grace and kindness through Christ Jesus. What do we have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? Open the door. Open the door. Open the door. So he's then. Do you have that song? From the beginning, you don't have to sing it. I just going no one's gonna sing it. I just want to put it up there. Since we start at ten, I can preach till twelve. <laughs> and everybody thinks we got out early. <laughs> Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness. Us, we were in darkness. He created us. Open up my eyes and let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. This life into the next, next verse. So here I am to worship, bow down, say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Next one. King of all days. King of all days. Glorious in heaven. Humbly you came down to earth, you created all for me. Next. So I hear him to worship, say that I love you. All together, next verse. I'll never know how much it cost. We'll never figure that out. But he did it for us. How much faith do I need to have? Faith enough to open the door, to let God come in and do a new work in me. Amen? Graciously supplying it over and over upon us. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us you touch us, you renew us. God, you fill us. God, you're so wonderful, so abundant in your grace and your mercy. God, thank you. As we build the scriptures and build all of them together, we see you. We see you standing there with us. And whenever we wake up dead in eternity, God will see you right there. The same Jesus that has been built from your word and your spirit 
that we've put together in our lives. God, it's you. May we sense your hand, feel your touch. God, may we breathe in the breath of the Holy Spirit. God, breathe in. May we breathe in the breath of the Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, O oh God. Fill us anew. You've created us for a purpose. You've outlined our path. We're walking this path with you. Nothing will ever separate us. Nothing is ever impossible. God, you're there with us. May we see Jesus. May we see you, Lord. May we see you. Thank you, God, for the faith you give us to open the door. Amen? Amen. God bless you.